0: Building service contracting and commercial cleaning companies come in all shapes and sizes. Most might think that the larger the company, the more successful it will be. And that could be true. But here's a question to consider. Can a smaller company compete and scale up against a larger company and get those contracts that they want? Can we have what we might call a David versus Goliath business situation? Well, that's our topic today. And to discuss... These important points, I welcome two industry pros, Chris Arlen, the president of Revenue IQ, and Brian Craddock, the division president of IFS Group, a clean tech services company. And I think we have a great topic today, um, David versus Goliath. You know, we all know the reference, the biblical reference, I think. So we have to wonder, what can a small company do? So Chris, we're going to start with you. When you think of a David versus Goliath scenario, uh just how likely is it that a smaller company can take on the larger in competing for business? Can you talk about that a bit?
1: Contractors generally go after the sides of contract, right? They, they try and judge whether I'm going to win, is it worth the effort, all those kind of things. And I think in the past, like 10, 20 years ago, maybe, it was very difficult for a small, medium-sized company to twin, uh, win contracts against the large ones. Uh, I think that's all changed. And I've heard some of that thinking still sticks around, that a smaller contractor will be a little anxious or not even go after a medium-sized contract because they're they're afraid, you know, the big guys are going to jump in, the Goliath can come in and step on them and they wasted time. Uh, I think the reality is changing right now. And I think uh, two things uh, have to do that. Number one, it's the uh, technology, it's the availability of technology, right? Contractors can get Pretty much the same thing that the large guys do. Uh, they got they buy it. It's a as a you know software as a service, cloud based. But so much of the technology is now available on a purchase as is basis, um, as needed basis. The other thing is, I think um, I think contractors are smarter now than they were in the past. Uh, speaking from personal experience, uh, yeah, they are. I think they're smarter. So I think those two things. Um, make it a lot more uh, competitive. So I'm not saying that the David's going after, you know the 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 largest contract on the planet, but you can certainly go after the larger ones that maybe in the
0: past they hadn't considered well, Brian, you heard what Chris said. You're a cleaning contractor. I don't know the size of your company, but there's always someone bigger out there. What do you think about what he what he mentioned?
2: Yeah, I think he's spot on. Um, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I think. Uh, a lot of small and mid-sized uh, BSCs are gun-shy about going up against uh, the bigger companies because they don't match up. They feel like they don't match up as well. They're wasting their time or they don't have the credentials or experience to even, to even get in the front door. And I do think Chris is right with you know the way the world is today with technology and the way things are presented, uh, that it actually gives everybody more of an opportunity um, I think there's a lot less face-to-face uh, interaction at the end of the day when you really come down to, to closing deals like there may have been in the olden days versus today where you better make sure you put your best foot forward and whatever comes across the desk for those final final uh, few decision-makers on that contract that are looking at the numbers and are looking at the value proposition. That you know, when they're comparing everybody apples to apples, you, there's a good chance you're not going to be in that room um, with everybody lined up next to you. So you you need to present well. And I think you know, there's definitely opportunity there if if you play if you play your cards right.
0: Good thoughts, good strategies. Thank you for that, uh, Chris. Let's go back to you. I know you work with cleaning contractors and help them with their proposals. What are some common denominators? that you see and some of the successful ones that you just like, that you value?
1: Um, again, to the point of uh, contractors being smarter today. I mean, they have access to the information. What I think makes uh, the winning contract, winning BSCs is when they can um, apply their smarts. And I think oftentimes it's the first step is how well do you know your customer, right? Uh, as Brian was saying, you know, when they come to make the decision, oftentimes you're not going to get in the room with all of the evaluators, right? But it's the work that the BSC can do ahead of time, create a relationship, uh, find out information that's not on the uh, client's website, right? I mean, they're not going to tell you, hey, uh, look, the current incumbent left the garage door or the warehouse door open, and we lost 500,000 bucks worth of, Right. Product. That's never in a, in a technical RFP, but that's the kind of information that the contractors, if they apply themselves, they can find out those kinds of information through relationships. Right. And that's the stuff that helps them if they can use their smarts to design a, a persuasive, compelling solution. And that's how they win biz. Right. Because again, they can, they can buy the technology very similar, And the other thing with buying technologies in a proposal, you don't have to say you're using it today because a proposal is what will you do for that customer should you win the contract? So as long as your language in the proposal says, we will do this, you're not saying you have, right? It means you can put in your proposal all sorts of technology, right? And then how best to fit what that particular client needs. Maybe it's just a better lock on the warehouse door. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I would hope uh, the warehouse is locked up, especially if you're taking care of the place, but good, good example, for sure. So, Brian, as I mentioned at the outset, you are a division president of IFS Group, a clean tech services company, successful company. Talk about your business strategies. If you were to lay out a few things that make your company different that could go into an RFP, that can go into proposal, what would that sound like?
2: Uh what that would sound like, I, I think, uh, differentiator is between uh, IFS Group, you know, it, it being a clean tech company, is that you know we've been in the business twenty years, so we have, we're a local company that has been in the business twenty years that has a very hands on approach uh, with our clients. Uh, we know the area, we know the lay of the land, we know the labor, we know the the, the coverage uh, for what the clients are looking for and bringing in and, and now being acquired by uh, Cleantech Services, it gives us that extra uh, resources power to really, really move, move the needle forward. Um, we had a lot of success before we were with uh, Cleantech Services and now we feel like we're gonna have a, a ton of success now being part of that Cleantech Services family. Uh, but the biggest differentiators are, going back to what Chris said, um, you know, creating those relationships early on, um, separating yourself from the pack. That all the big boys—they're all gonna—they're all gonna look the same. I mean, if you want to look the same, you know, and, and not have an opportunity to to stand out, then be like everybody else. I mean, you know, learn your customer, learn their needs, put put things in there put information in your proposal that's going to make you stand out. I think we're in a very unique situation because again, my company I started from scratch 23 years ago. Now we're part of I guess you could say the the bigger the bigger enterprise wide companies now. So I feel like, you know, we have what it takes from a communication standpoint, from that hands-on standpoint, and now we have the resources that, you know, clients at a bigger level want to make sure that can they can they really do what they say they're going to do.
0: That actually was something I was going to ask about. If a organization a facility is looking to have a cleaning contractor, bring them on, they might say, well, we want to go with a larger national franchise because of what you just mentioned there. So right. what would you say to that?
2: I've been there. Okay. So go back a few years, go back five years, 10 years. I say, okay. So sometimes, you know, I think with a smaller contractor, you you build those relationships and they may try out the bigger, the, the bigger companies. And then after a couple of years, they rebid it again and they bid it again. But if you stay in front of them long enough, you develop that relationship um, and it happened with me, you'll get a shot at the larger contracts. You come knocking at the door a few times. It may take you a few times, it may take two years, it may take five years, but once you get that feather in your cap, that's what helps you get the next one and the next one and the next one. And we all know in this business, there's turnover and nobody's perfect. And it's one of those things that is is to everybody's advantage, the large companies and the small companies. Um, I mean,
1: nobody's safe. (laughs) And uh, Jeff, I'd like to, can I add to that? Just add to it, go ahead. uh, uh, Brian's point about, you know, even when the big companies are competing against each other, right? Or maybe this was your question. Um, They have many similar things, right? If, you know, if the largest company was going to win every time, right, you'd be like, oh, you know, we've got 100 million employees. We've been around for 2000 years. Right. That would win every time. And it doesn't. Right. That's the reality of this thing. To the factors that uh, Brian was discussing, right, about the clients getting burnt over time with some large. So even in the proposal, the evaluation stage, right, that's when uh, large contractors can look very similar to each other. What do they say? Oh, we're big. We're financially stable. We've been, you know, a long time. And then they say, we've got these cool technologies. Well, that's what shifted in the market, because now the smaller Davids can go in there. And as long as their presentation, I mean, proposal, right, their website, their presentation deck, as long as they look professional, right, They can now purchase or propose technology, and now they can look just as good as the large guys. And this is where I think the differentiation is about smart. Thus, uh, intelligence is not equated solely to the large (laughs) contractors, right? It's not a uh, bias towards being large. So you can have a smaller organization that has access to those things, look good, look professional, uh, have access to the technology, but then, how smart are they in configuring a really compelling uh, solution, and how well can they tell a really uh, dramatic narrative? And I think that's the opportunities that the Davids have now against Goliath, because the Goliaths are going to sa- they're going to sound pretty similar, right? Big, 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 big. We're everywhere. Um, whereas the smaller guy can now go and say, "We can do this. We can do this." But what you need, client, is this. And they can tell the story about that, and that's where I think the big difference is today in David versus
0: Goliath. Well, I do want to know about that company that's two thousand years old with hundred million employees, but you know that's another (laughs) you (laughs) will dig into, Chris, Mister Exaggerator that you are.
1: (laughs) I told you I was going to get hammered. I was going to get hammered (laughs) on
0: this. You know, Chris. I know you like you. You use the word appropriately. A narrative. And I'm, I'm uh, going to go into a field I'm not really sure about, and that is when you submit a proposal, and Brian, you can comment on this, what's the percentage of those you just submit on paper compared to those you get the chance to go in person?
1: Well, Brian uh, said this earlier, is that you as the contractor don't always know that you're going to get in to see in person. Right. right. That's the ideal. That's the ideal. I mean, if you can control that and say, Hey, you know, we got a proposal. Let's meet and we'll go th- walk you through it. That's the ideal. Um, the reality is, is that there, your proposal will be in a room with other proposals. Right. And that client or that evaluation team are going to be looking at them. So your pro, your proposal has to sell for you when you are not in the room. Right. So when I say narrative, it's an easily said thing, or oh, narrative story, right? It's it's hard work, but it has to be really persuasive and compelling and specific and unique. And that's where your proposal document has to have that story, that narrative in there, in order to, to get the you know, your presentation, because you're not there. And everybody else's, right? Remember, you're it's never in a vacuum. It's always going to be A, B, C. And they're going to look at things and things like the title and the cover letter and the executive summary, how you respond to a question, right? Oh, there you go. Oh, somebody's calling in right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but those are the things that your document, your proposal's got to, it's got to do for you. It's got to persuade and win just to get you to the next step, right? Because if it is a large proposal, a large contract you're going after the buyers are gonna to wanna to see you in person, but they're gonna make that first cut, right? They're gonna wait and rate your responses. And that's to get you just to the next cut. When somebody like Brian can go in and show them that they've got all the goods and they are personally able and credible to deliver.
0: Right, Brian, anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean,
2: I think that's all That's all smart. That's, he's, he's dead on. Um, you're not going to be in the room nine times out of 10, especially the smaller guy versus with the bigger guys. And you've already got, you're already knocked down a notch because you're one of the smaller guys. So your presentation is everything. Um, You know, one of the first thing I ever learned in sales was uh, it was, it was proposal writing. And one of the questions that still sticks with me was in our proposal, I worked for a radio station. It was why, you know, why advertise on radio and why, our radio station. And I've always used, especially the second one, you know, why us? Why us? I think with, especially in this industry, what makes us unique? What makes us different? You have to stand out. And I don't think a lot of proposals have that in it. At least that's not the feedback that I get for most of the contracts that I've gotten where I've had that opportunity to put in there, but the differentiator of putting in why you're going to be different than the other companies. And when you're smaller and you're not as big as a, and you're not as big as those other companies. Um, you have to. You have to definitely show that that differentiator. But you've got to be, if you're detailed and you've got a good narrative and you've got a good story, and your proposal stands out, then there, then that anybody with sense is going to look at it and go, well, I mean, I like the way they write their business proposal. Imagine how they would communicate if we hired them. If they're smart enough, now that's the client you want. If you got them looking at it just for low bid, then you move on. You're playing, you know, it's part of the process. You're going to get the ones, though, to see the value. A couple of clients I have, man, they took five years minimum, but they were two huge feathers in my cap. um, and got me really to the point where I could start picking up bigger and bigger accounts. They even said, and I had all the largest contractors that are out there today on the planet that were bidding. They said, this is the best format I've ever seen. This is the most detailed it explains everything. Um, I appreciate that you have everything in here that would back up and support how you're going to get this job done. Not that you're just going to get this job done, and here's going to be the price. And a lot of that I learned early on, um, you know, with Chris, like he said, the attention to detail in the proposal, putting in, that telling that story in there, making yourself stand out, making yourself look and feel just as big as the other company and then you slide in the differentiator and then you say hey i've been a small company i'm hands-on You then you then 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 it's like you went from being down here now you're up here the smart person's going to look at it and go look we've already been through three companies in six years we got let's go with these guys this makes perfect sense that's my experience
0: good points well gentlemen i think we've covered the david versus goliath topic well those watching this uh, we'll take away some great strategies. Any final words to share before we wrap it up?
2: Sure. Uh, I would say if if you want the big contracts, go for it. Uh, you know, be be persistent. That's one of the one one thing I was taught. Uh, I was told by the first person that ever hired me in sales was, I had no experience. They said they hire, I hired you because you pers- you were persistent. I could tell that you were going to keep coming. And you're going to keep working, and you were, and you weren't going to give up, and that's what you said in your interview. And I did, but there's also that level of patience. Be, you know, be be persistent, be patient, and be pleasant, and develop those relationships. Um, I think it's 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 all there, and everybody has an opportunity in today's world. Doesn't matter how big the company is, you are. And I hope you you figure you figure that roadmap out. And I and I say go for it.